My name is Leslie Payne. Welcome to Below the Median Income. The land on which we gather is the traditional lands of Iowa Tribe of Kansas and Nebraska, Iowa Tribe of Oklahoma, Meskwaki Nation, Sac and Fox Tribe of the Mississippi in Iowa, and the Sioux people. We pay our respect to elders, both past and present. Below the Median Income was inspired by two quotes. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. From entrepreneur, author, and motivational speaker Jim Rohn. And on March 12, 2018, Director Joshua V. Barr of the Des Moines Civil and Human Rights Commission said, We have 75% of students experiencing some form of poverty in Des Moines public schools. So what can we do to improve that outlook? Research has shown that if a person remains in an impoverished condition up through their adolescent years, they are more likely to remain in that position as they become older and become adults. These quotes and the information related to them evolved into an art installation, visual and audio components to place the visitor outside the space they routinely travel. The audio components are interview recordings obtained from people involved with public or nonprofit organizations. The interviews tell the visitor about where that person routinely travels. The installation contrasts Des Moines ranking as a best-in-nation place to live, Iowa Nice reputation of being overly friendly and go out of our way to help fellow citizens, and the visitor's personal story of where they travel. My guest for Day 7 is Leah. She participated in Movement 515, a program offered to students in Des Moines Public Schools. Students and mentors attempt to slow down the world and investigate themselves. They work toward becoming change agents, shedding light on the impact human emotion and connection brings to the global community. Movement 515 is an urban arts community where twice a week, students and mentors come together to create spoken word poetry. Thank you for joining me, Leah. What neighborhood of Des Moines do you live in? I live in the Drake neighborhood. Who do you live with? I live with my partner, Joseph, and my little sister. Are you the primary financial support for your little sister? Yes. Do you want to say how old she is? Yeah, she's 12. When did she come to live with you? I moved back this summer around June after my lease went out in Iowa City. She spent some of the summer with me, but she was having some like issues at her school back in Fort Dodge, where my mother lives. It just seemed like a better idea. There's more integrated care and resources in the one public schools, like Orchard Place is like woven into the like classroom setting at Callanan, and it just seemed like a really good fit for her. And she moved in with me in September. Des Moines Public Schools has uh, so many resources. Yeah, so many more resources than other places. Finish the sentence. When I step outside the place I live, I see trees lining the street. The center part of the street has flowers. It's like a divided street. Lots of like residential neighborhoods, lots of old houses everywhere. You were born and raised in Des Moines. Which public schools did you attend? I went to Pleasant Hill Elementary, Hyatt Middle School, and North High School.
What is your Monday to Friday schedule like? I was hired back by Duane Public Schools. I work 9 to 5 p.m. Every week, I come into Central Campus. That's where my office is at. I work all day, and on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do workshops in the afternoons at middle schools. And then on Wednesday, I help with the district-wide workshop at the social club for the high schoolers. Describe a typical weekend. I think that, that we spend a lot of time together as a family, a lot of board games, a lot of Monopoly, a lot of movies. We watch a lot of movies at home on Netflix. My little sister is practicing driving for the very first time, so we'll go find like a parking lot somewhere and let her try it out. I spend a lot of time with my father. I'm going to his house and like spending time together as a family and like letting our dogs play together, shopping. Went to Chicago a few weekends ago. It's a little bit of everything. Do you vote in elections? Always. Local, national, which ones? All of them, <laughs> as much as possible, <laughs> yes. It's changed a little bit since I voted locally a lot in Iowa City, and then moving back here, it's been the national election and everything that passed in early November. Why is it important to you to vote? I think it's important to vote because there are a lot of people, especially in my life, who have been disenfranchised in different ways, and there's no opportunity for them to have their voices heard. And so I think about it so often that if I could vote on behalf of them and their needs and their desires and what they need out of this world and this society, like that motivates me a lot. Do you go to church? Sometimes. What church do you go to sometimes? <laughs> Lutheran Church of the Good Shepherd. How did you find out about that church? Raised in that church. Oh. Yeah, like <laughs> confirmed there. <laughs> yeah. What do you do to relax? A lot of reading on my own, a lot of writing. I like write alone a lot for myself. I like to do my own makeup, which is fun. I think that that's like an artistic outlet. What trait do you admire most in the people closest to you? A lot of bravery, I think. That's something that I really admire. A lot of grit in the people I love. What does success look like for you? Oh, how do I word this? It looks like fulfillment. It looks like peace within yourself. It looks like, I don't think I have a tangible thing, but if you go to sleep at night and feel like you accomplish something important or that you feel valuable or that you feel important or you're doing good work, like that's what success is. It's a lack of anxiety about your self-worth. How did you find out about Movement 515? A flyer. It was actually kind of a spooky experience because I really loved spoken word. My dad had showed me spoken word. It, would, it was right around the time when um, HBO was doing specials about Brave New Voices and spoken word, and they was kind of like bringing it to the mainstream. I remember watching documentaries about it on my living room floor with my dad because he found it, and he was like, Leah, you're going to love this. At the time, like no one knew what spoken word was of everyone that I knew of in my world in Des Moines, Iowa. And then I found a flyer at North High School that said, do you write spoken word? Are you interested in writing spoken word? And I just felt like, oh, my goodness, these are my people. I found them, and I was, like, blown away. And I just started coming to workshop, and I didn't stop. What grade were you in? 
as a sophomore in high school and started off as a little workshop in North High School. And when we started, it was just a group of like 10 or 15 kids and our two teachers and grew into something a lot larger to where we needed even a bigger space. We took the North Library and then that wasn't big enough. Did you meet new people? Yeah, I met a ton of new people, especially at the time there were a lot of like underclassmen who were involved who like for students of the two teachers at Harding and then they like graduated up where they were still like eighth graders or ninth graders. And so I met a lot of people. I developed a lot of relationships in the very beginning. What opportunities did Movement 515 give you? I think right away it gave me the chance personally and emotionally to grow as an artist and as a person. It gave me the opportunity to use my artwork on a public platform for different opportunities. We have a Share the Mic event every year where we raise thousands of dollars for local nonprofits, and I think that was one of them. To gain that kind of like service time and then to use kind of all of that within my college applications and to talk about this organization that had filled me and to talk about my mission statement, um, like going into college, I think that played a big role in like the scholarship that I got that, that allowed me to go to the University of Iowa debt free. Studied for four years and I was allowed to come back every summer and I was paid and hired back to run their, their middle school summer program afterwards because I had grown continuously. They were like completely excited and willing to like hire me back full time as a teaching artist. Is Movement 515 an extracurricular in Des Moines Public Schools? Yes, there are other like things underneath the Run DSM umbrella that are not extracurriculars. Like there's urban leadership, which is a class you can take during the school day down at Central Campus, which kind of teaches the art of activism as like a full time course. But the rest of our stuff is all after school workshops. What opportunities do students have in Movement 515 now? I think that that has grown significantly. They have the chance to come and like even on the micro scale, like come and build community within their own home high schools Tuesdays. And then on Wednesdays, they get to come meet as a large group spinning across the city. They get to have this community and this sense of family. They also get to write together, grow their literacy skills, support one another, find resources. You know, when you're that connected, you can find people to help you in different avenues of your life. Like even if it's just having these mentors in your life who can tell you how to fill out FAFSA or whatever, like we have a really big community that extends really far with teachers um, all across the district. From there, they have an opportunity to take the urban leadership class. There's a graffiti writing program. We have a scholarship opportunity for them at the end of the year when they're seniors. They can be a part of our Brave New Voices team and travel across the country to compete. What is Brave New Voices? It's a international slam competition where kids, well, ages 13 through 19 all over the country can come together and compete one another by, like, telling their stories, by performing their poems, get on a national stage. Sometimes there's scholarship opportunities. It's just this really wonderful festival. It's, like, the largest one in the country. What motivates you? Well, that's a hard question. As a young person growing up, I had really wonderful opportunities given to me. I was like an empty vessel and I was poured into and I was made to feel important and valuable and that I could be something in my lifetime. I'm really motivated by that, by that experience to give back to other people and to fill other people like I have been filled. I survived 
my circumstances and where I'm coming from because of a lot of other people cared about me. And I think that motivates me currently to continue on that kind of work and to pour into young people. My guest for day 16 is Delane Carrington. She is the event director at Wildwood Hills Ranch of Iowa. The organization exists to transform lives and strengthen communities. The staff believes Iowa's kids don't have to fall through the cracks. They help close the gaps, changing cycles of dysfunction and impoverishment by offering healing, hope, and God's unconditional love to Iowa's at-risk kids. Thank you for joining me, Delane. What neighborhood of Des Moines do you live in? I live in Easter Lake. Who do you live with? I live with my husband. Finish the sentence. When I step outside the place I live, I see... The neighborhood in my backyard. It backs up to Easter Lake's entrance. So it's cool to know that I have a view of, of Easter Lake. When I step outside the place I live, I hear birds and cars, and we have a neighbor who has a motorcycle. What languages do you know? I know English and a little bit of Spanish. When did you learn your little bit of Spanish? I took two years in high school, and then I've had friends who speak the language, so we practice. How long has Wildwood Hills Ranch been part of your life? So Wildwood has been a part of my life since it was founded in 2001 because my brother was one of the first ranchers to go. So it's been in my life for, it's 2019, so 18 years. When did you find out you were going to attend? I found out I was going to attend even when my brother went there. So he went in 2001 when it was founded, and I knew I had the opportunity to go as soon as I turned eight. So that was 2003. Who introduced your family to Wildwood? My brother and I were referred to Wildwood through our school guidance counselor. Which programs are most beneficial to you as a child? The program that was the most beneficial for me, I would say the art and the equine therapy. The art program was something that was an outlet for me. I really enjoyed creating things, and I didn't know that. The equine therapy, although I lived in a what's considered a country neighborhood, I would have never had the opportunity to ride a horse. I was very small as a child, and so being short, um, a big horse was very scary to me at first. But as soon as you got on the horse and rode it, it was very tranquil and, and relaxing to be on something that may have frightened you before. Do you follow a religious practice or attend a place of worship? I do. How does that affect your life? My faith affects my life in a lot of ways. I am involved in groups, so we talk about the way culture is moving and how that relates to us in the world. The church that I'm involved in is very involved in the community, so whether that be volunteering or just helping out where is needed. 
Do you vote in elections? I do. Local, national, which ones? Mostly national, but I've tried to get more involved in local as well. Why is it important for you to vote? I think it's important to vote to get your voice heard. Everyone has a unique situation or experience, and I feel as if if you vote, then you have the opportunity to voice those. How is volunteering your time leaving an impact on your life? I really enjoyed volunteering uh, with Habitat for Humanity or the Dream Center or Wildwood. It's been fun to learn new skills. So as an example for Habitat for Humanity, I learned how to lay sod and rub the house. Those are really fun in knowing that you're giving back to those who are impacted. It's humbling to just not be at work all the time and, and being able to volunteer and help out others. What's something you do for yourself? Some things I do for myself, definitely prayer. And, man, I used to do it a lot more. I probably need to get back to it. But just like you said, me time. So I'll listen to music and dance. Maybe throw on a salt bath just to recuperate. What trait do you admire most in the people closest to you? Mm. The trait I admire most about people, probably humor. (laughs) I surround myself with funny people and people who have the same jokes. (laughs) I really enjoy that because you can get so inundated with what's going on right now on the negative side. So it's nice to be surrounded by positive people. When is the last time you asked for help? I asked for help emotionally recently and got the guidance to pursue therapy. What motivates you? What motivates me is at-risk youth in knowing that that's still a problem in the environments that they're in. And knowing that you can do something about it and showing them that their past or where they're at does not determine their future so they can move past where they're at. Describe a day or week as the events director at Wildwood Hills. What kind of things do you have to do? A week in the life of the event director. I handle sponsorships for the fundraisers so we have three fundraisers a year so a lot of my day looks like reaching out to potential business sponsors or following up with those who have partnered with us in the past i handle volunteers so whether that be continuing volunteers or new corporate businesses or individuals so following up what date works best for them and what projects we have at the ranch that we need help with the retreat center. So we rent out our rooms and meeting spaces to individuals who need that. It could be sports teams, corporate groups, just a variety of groups who want to rent out the facilities. A lot of communication and seeing what their needs are for their mission and what works best with ours. Because if you come for the retreat center, that then helps us sponsor kids. 
How are at-risk youth identified through your program? At-risk youth are identified through our 50-plus community partners. So an example of our community partners are school guidance counselors, DHS, Boys and Girls Club, the Yes Shelter, and just a variety of community partners. What programming is offered to youth that attend now? Wildwood Hills Ranch offers art, equine therapy, team building, wellness and nutrition, creative arts, swimming, and agriculture. Wildwood Hills Ranch divides Iowa up into nine sections. Do you know which section of Iowa is your greatest served population? Our greatest served region is central Iowa, so that includes Polk County, Dallas, and other counties in central Iowa. Did you ever see yourself doing anything else except working at Wildwoods? I did. Uh, you know, I could have pursued business or real estate, but where I'm at, I think, is where God it has me. And so whatever impact that makes, it does. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what does success look like for you? Mm. Success looks like in whatever field or environment you're in, leaving it better than it was. My guest for day 22 is Will Keeps. He founded Starts Right Here to make change for youth so they wouldn't go through life without feeling cared for, loved, or being in a home where they don't feel safe. Will found that his true God-given abilities were helping others and empowering them to go down a better path, one he wishes he had the opportunity to go down when he was younger. He is actively working in his community as a mentor, activist, motivational speaker, and using his voice to write and produce songs as a way to reach out to children. Thank you for joining me, Will. What neighborhood of Des Moines do you live in? I'm in Highland Park neighborhood. Who do you live with? I live with my wife and my uh, youngest daughter, who just graduated from North High School. Finish the sentence. When I step outside the place I live, I see... Houses, cars, trees. I see life. Where did you grow up? Grew up in the south side of Chicago. Who raised you? I was raised by my mother and... I have a whole bunch of people that's in my life. My father's in my life. My mom and my father separated when I was little, but I saw my father you know, time to time. My mom got remarried to a guy we called Buddy. And, you know, the church, church all my life too. So they raised me and, to be honest, the streets raised me. How did you end up in Des Moines? Got into some trouble in Chicago and I felt like I needed to change my life. My brother was out here in Des Moines. He went to uh, Drake University. He had got a family out here as well. Decided to, you know, to call him up and say, you know what, bro, any place to go, man. I don't want to be here no more. He's like, come on down. So I came to Des Moines. What was your first impression? 
thought it was slow, boring, and I was like, yo, where am I? I didn't even know what Des Moines is. I said, what is a Des Moines? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but when I came out here, it was kind of slow. That was something that I needed. I was going too fast in Chicago. I wanted that life, you know? And so when I came out here and things slowed down, it kind of kind of made me look at it different, but not realizing I needed to chill. So I was glad I came. What made you want to stay? What made me want to stay is I got involved with somebody and just building relationships. And then all of a sudden I got married to my wife and had a family out here. So what made me want to stay is my family. What motivates you? When a kid come to me and say, yo, what you're doing has changed my life. What motivates me is when, as being a father, I can see my kids, you know what I'm saying, be successful. My oldest daughter right now is getting her master's. And she said, you know what? If I'm getting my master's, I might as well get my doctorate. She said, I might as well do it. I'm like, what? She said, I might as well do it. So I'm like, wow, my youngest daughter just graduated out of high school. My son is making great money doing construction work. And my nephew, he's from Chicago as well. And he was getting involved in the gang life. And now he has relaxed and chill and he's working. They both got their own place. And they are doing well. So that motivates me, you know, me and my wife. How we go through our ups and downs, but because we love each other so much, we fight through all those. That motivates me. Do you follow a religious practice or attend a place of worship? I'm a Baptist, but I do go to a church called Journey. Robert Kramer has invited me to that church, and I like the church. How has volunteering your time made an impact on your life? I volunteered with Zion Lutheran Church. It was very important because I got to know about 500 different kids and different people who helped volunteer with those kids. I saw how a lot of kids were so different when it came down to the culture. And I just wanted to learn more about their culture. I wanted them to learn more about mine. A lot of those kids knew who I was, you know, seeing the videos. They think I'm some type of local celebrity, you know what I mean? And so they really listened to, you know, some of the things that came out of my mouth and they trusted me. And I trust them too. They actually started talking to me about some of the things that they're going through in their life. What trait do you admire most in the people closest to you? Loyalty. Trust. You know, I'm all about loyalty. It's a hard thing to do because I never had that growing up. I never could trust people like I wanted to. You know, I'll give them all the, the love and the loyalty and the trust in the world, but I feel like, you know, that I couldn't never get that back. And it almost made me become somebody that I hated. It almost made me become like them. But I can't trust you. You know, I'm going to probably be just like you. But I had to fight that and tell myself, no, you're not going to change me. I'm going to stick to who I am. Those are some of the things I like to teach the kids nowadays. Because these kids out here, they will not be themselves because they think somebody's going to laugh at them or talk about them. So they wind up just sitting there not doing anything. They got so much talent and so much ability to be great but they will stop themselves because they're worried about what somebody else is doing. Do you vote in elections? Yes, I vote. Local, national, which ones? 
Oh. Why is it important? It's important because you need to vote. You need to have a voice. You know, sometimes people don't want to vote and be like, I don't like that person. I don't like that person. But it's like, yo, you got to make a choice. Find the best. You know what I mean? If you don't find the best, you're going to probably get the worst. It's very important to have a voice out here. People from a long time ago fought for us to vote. So we better get out there and make an effort. What's something you do for yourself? I like to go to movies. I'm a movie freak. Can I use that word? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And I play video games. You know, I like sports games like Madden and Big 2K19. I like to relax, hang out with my wife sometimes. I'm not a traveling guy, you know, even though I know I have to travel because of the business and the work that I do, but I'm not really a traveling guy. I'm a homebody. Your given name is William Holmes. What made you want to use the last name Keeps for performing? Okay, so Will is my name, so I want to keep Will. I know Will is a powerful name, but Keeps is basically saying that you will keep my message everywhere you go. You'll keep my music everywhere you go. That's why I want that name. I want you to have everything that I'm doing within your heart, within your soul, and know that it's real. The more you rise, the more people want to hate. And the more people want to try to say you have your own agenda. But I want people to keep the positive. Just to keep the, the positive message and don't listen to the negative thing. When is the last time you asked for help? The last time I asked for help. Right now, I'm asking for help now. I wanted my own place, my own community center. I got some people right now, like Robert Kramer and Lori Kramer, and even the governor, who wants to help me get my own place. A place where kids can come and relax, actually get tutored, programs where they can learn a craft and get good paying jobs when they're done, this program. So right now, I want these things, and I want these things to happen. So I need help when it comes down to financing it. Right now, I have a fundraiser coming up to help finance that. And so I'm asking for help now. I usually want to do things on my own, like with my music. I wanted people to buy the music. And if I made money off the music, I was going to spend my money. It's because I hate asking for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I felt like now I had to build a name for myself. So when I do come to ask for money, they already know who I am. Instead of it just being a dream of mine to help people, they've seen that I've done it. And they've seen that it's worked. Now they can come to me and be like, I've seen you, Will. I know who you are. I've seen your work. I love this. I love that. And that's a hard thing to do here. You know what I mean? It was hard. Because I got a do-rag and scars on my face. And I don't look like the guy in the suit. But I had to let them know that I can't be what you want me to be. I got to be me. It's like, it's like I'm a different soldier for God. It's not easy getting into public schools for a program or institutions. What worked for you? What worked for me is, is that when it started off with the music, the music is a heavy stream. You know, it moves everywhere. The kids, they grabbed onto it. They don't get it twisted. When I first... They looked at me, too, like, you know what I'm saying, who is this guy? It's like you have to be relevant. I was on the news, you know what I'm saying? I was on CNN, you know, USA Today. I became a little bit, who is this dude? Kids was listening to the music, and the kids was talking. So the more public schools was like, yo, let's 
and see what's up with this because they really need the help when it comes down to our youth today. They stepped outside the box and gave me a shot, you know, and so I've been in there ever since. Your schedule has a lot of variety as a mentor, activist, and motivational speaker. Can you share a little bit about what your day looks like to keep all of those going? A lot of emails. But I can't stand emails. I'm like, oh my goodness. Text me. I rather you could text me than send me an email. It's crazy. My day is, I'm in like five different schools where I mentor kids. I produce my music. I get phone calls all the time about wanting to come speak somewhere. I got to spend time with my family because I see a lot of people who get into this and they want to, you know what I'm saying, be everywhere. Well, with me, I'm not about to be everywhere. I'm going to be where I can be. And then when it's time for me to be with my family and be with them, I don't never want my family to be like, you're always going, you're always doing this, always doing that. Sometimes things can conflict with my family, but, you know, they understand. We had that long talk. And my wife is very understanding. I make sure I spend time with my family. Your organization starts right here, works with Des Moines Public Schools to bring the PORCH program into classes. Is PORCH an acronym for something? What the PORCH mean is that when I was in Chicago, me and my friends, all we did was sit on the porch. When we sat on the porch, we talked about everything. We roast each other, we sang, we rapped, we talked about females, and sometimes we'll just talk about something serious. Not even realizing that we're having a serious conversation about life, about what's going on on our block what's going on in our homes. And so that's what the porch stands for. It's like we're just going to sit down, talk, and just let it out. You know what I mean? Now, sometimes you get some kids who don't want to talk about nothing. So they have to see other kids, like, really engage. They have to trust you, too. You know what I mean? They got to know that you've been through what they've been through and stuff like that. But what I'm trying to teach the kids is that there's a lot of people ain't been through what you've been through. You know what I mean? But that don't mean that you don't stop talking because they don't know what you've been through. Why don't you tell them a little bit about what you've been through? And then maybe they'll tell you a little bit about what they've been through. And you both show empathy to each other. And then you learn how to trust each other. But it takes time. But don't just dismiss because they're a different race. Don't just dismiss someone who, who actually been through something themselves. And they want to tell somebody too. You know what I mean? There's some things that they're probably going through. Talk it out, you know what I mean? No matter what it is. What challenges do you face working with youth? Patience. Kids that want to skip steps to get to the prize. That's one thing that we don't teach enough is patience. I want to change the mindset of how they think. I tell kids all the time, it's not about what you've been through, but it's how you get through Because we all been through something. So I want to change the mindset and the disrespect. I face that sometimes. Now, a lot of kids do respect me, but some kids want to challenge me, you know, because they just don't know if I'm real or not. You know what I mean? Because I do positive music. They like the trap music, the gangster stuff like that. They don't realize I don't have to do the gangster songs. I lived it. It don't have to be a song for me. I lived it. But I do want to show them that there's positive things out here and and you can do so many great things by doing positive. I want to change the narrative when it comes down to positive. I feel like sometimes I have to look just as beautiful as the drug dealer. You know what I mean? Just for them to be like, I'm going where Will's going. So that's why I'm trying to rise. 
I'm trying to rise, rise. I don't want to stand at one level. I want to get to a level where the kids see that I'm, that I'm hope. Because it's bigger than me. I want to give back so much. You know, I, when I watch TV, I was growing up, I see how people will surprise someone with a house or with a car because they've been struggling, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that. I always wanted to be that person who made somebody smile. You know what I'm saying? Gave somebody a, an opportunity to have a better situation for their life. But I never thought I could never be that person because I thought I never had a voice growing up. I thought people always wanted to shut me up. So for me to be in this position right now to have a voice and, and one day I have an opportunity to probably do that one specific thing for someone, even though I know I'm giving people hope and I'm changing lives when it comes down to the things I'm doing and things I'm saying, I want to buy somebody a house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want to get them, you know, I want to give them a car. You know what I'm saying? I want to do something like that. Do you have a song, a music video about DART? It's an abbreviation for Des Moines Area Rapid Transit. What issues were you addressing in that song? Kids going up there fighting and letting that be their playground to fight, their playground to cause problems. I wanted to address that. I wanted to help DART with that situation. And the beautiful thing is when we did that video, we had like 75 to 100 kids, you know what I'm saying, at the video shoot. They all respected the whole thing. It was no problem. It was all listening. They followed instructions. I wanted to show DART and I wanted to show the more public school too that my voice is powerful when it comes down to our youth, that they actually do listen. Now, of course, I'm going to have some kids out there who want to, you know what I'm saying, act like who's Will Keith, blah, blah, blah. But... There's some kids out there who actually will listen. And if you have voices out there that kids are listening to, don't make them look like crumbs to these kids. These big companies, schools, DART, you know, help that person, you know what I'm saying, grow. Because now you're looking for someone who can talk to these kids. And when you find them, don't look at them like, okay, he's just doing that, blah, blah, blah. No, you help them grow. We need that. And our youth need to see that. Because I'm telling you, it's like our youth feel like there's no hope here. They feel like that we only get crumbs. They feel like there's there's nothing else but the streets. Not all of them, but there's a lot of them that do. It's starting a chain reaction of a lot of other kids wanting to be that way as well. Once you see a kid get away with something, another kid going to be like, oh, you got away with that? Oh, I'm going to try that too. You know, we got to hold our kids accountable. What does success look like for you? Success. When the things that I'm doing in the community grew, you know what I mean, to the state and to the country, I'm trying to bring people together. I'm not caring what religious or what politician you are or whatever, or color you are, you know what I'm saying, what race you are. I'm trying to bring people together. I'm trying to get our community and the black community to say, look, we cannot depend on other race to help us out if we're not helping each other. We're so afraid of each other. How anybody else going to come in and be like, I'm not afraid when we're afraid of each other. You know what I mean? So I feel like success will look like if the work that I've done has grew and has gave other people who has watched what I'm doing to want to do the same thing and give hope 
to others. I want to start a chain reaction of people saying, you know what, I ain't afraid either. I'm going to go out there and do what I got to do.